This episode of the YVR Screen Scene Podcast is brought to you by UBCP ACTRA, a.k.a. the Union of British Columbia Performers. UBCP is an autonomous branch of the Alliance of Canadian Cinema, Television, and Radio Artists, the national organization of professional performers working in the English language recorded media in Canada. For more information about UBCP ACTRA, visit ubcpactra.ca. This episode was sponsored in part by listeners like you. Join our Patreon community and receive early access to episodes, bonus content, stickers, buttons, and more. Visit www.patreon.com slash podcast. Welcome to the YVR Screen Scene Podcast, where we pull back the curtain and expose the beating heart of the Vancouver film and television industry, namely the actors and filmmakers and other talented artists who do the work. Capital T, capital W. I'm Sabrina Rani Firminger, and today I am really happy to welcome Asia Matu to the YVR Screen Scene Podcast. A couple of I was, I paused dramatically and then I was going to say more. It's fine. I'm leaving this in. I'm leaving this in because, you know, this is me showing a, vo- a voice actor how it's done. Okay. Okay. A couple of wonderful things uh, happened while I was preparing for this episode that I think say something about who Asia is as a voice artist. The first is that I burst into tears while watching Asia's visual voice demo reel, which is delightful. It is delightful that I burst into tears. A voice artist's visual demo reel shows their voice performance in the context of the cartoons and commercials and video games they've worked on. And Asia's is fantastic. And you can really see her versatility in the collection of clips where she's an eel and then a prehistoric rodent and then a monster and then a pony and then a dinosaur. That's not why I cried. I burst into tears when the demo hit the section where it shows her work on Netflix's Deepa and Anoop about an Indian girl, her magical elephant friend, and her multi-generational family who run a hotel called Mango Manor. I'm Indian and Ukrainian. I grew up in the 1980s and early 1990s loving cartoons. I never, ever imagined a time when... Okay, I'm going to... I'm going to cry again. Little brown girls and honestly, kids from all ethnicities and cultures would see a fun, whimsical cartoon about an Indian family. I never even entertained it as a possibility. The fact that this show even exists made my cold, dead heart grow like 10 sizes. And the fact that it employs performers like Asia who was nominated for a Leo Award and a UBCP Actor Award for her work as a granny on that show, voicing characters who look and sound like my family? Well, that is absolutely and undeniably wonderful, and that's worth a few tears. The second wonderful thing that happened while I was preparing for this episode has to do with my cat. So on Asia's website, there's a section where you can play clips of Asia performing various sounds like a car and monsters and dogs and various farm animals. When I hit the one marked cats, one of my cats, Siamese cat named Vanessa, lost her shit. The hissing, the meowing, the mewling. Vanessa was confused as fuck and concerned and looking for the cats that were clearly somewhere in the room with us. I laughed so hard and poor Vanessa, she's still so confused. So what do these wonderful anecdotes say about Asia Matu? Well, one, I think they say that Asia is flourishing in a part of the industry that is more committed to telling diverse stories than ever before. And they also say that she's wildly talented. I mean, just ask Vanessa. So today we are giving this Leo and UBCP Actra Award nominee the YVR Screen Scene Origin Story Treatment. So let's find out what she finds wonderful, what she finds wonderful, like emphasis in her craft and her career. Asia Matu, welcome to the YVR Screen Scene Podcast. 
Oh my gosh. Thank you. I'm sorry for jumping the gun. <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. That was that was so lovely. Thank you so much. I'm I'm glad that you cried at a happiness because usually it's like I cried. I'm like, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I invite you onto the podcast. I'm like, here are the various ways that Asia Matu ruined my day. Okay. No, not that at all. Asia, let's just jump into it. Let's let's jump into the t- your time travel vehicle of choice. What what are we getting into? Oh my gosh, I mean, well, like Brian Doe chose the DeLorean. Mm. That, that's like super iconic. So it is iconic. So would you like this DeLorean to have also Brian Doe in it as well? So it could be you, me, Brian Doe, Einstein the dog. Okay, so we're so we're getting into the DeLorean. I'm gonna let you drive because you know where we're going. Um, bring us back to your childhood. Um, I I love my my kid is 12, and honestly, I always say, oh, it's such a great age. Every I've been saying that for years. Like every age that my kid is is a great age, and I really feel like we get to, but like we see, you know, uh, a distilled version of who they will be as an adult before, you know, the world makes them cynical, right? So bring us back to maybe around the time when you're 11 or 12 um, and bring us to a moment that gives us a glimpse into the performer that you were to become. It's interesting because like I never sought out to be a performer. Um, Yeah, like I was never one of those kids that like I, I never put on plays for anybody I never was like let me be like in front of people and, and do all that kind of stuff like I um you know I, I did I, I had arts in my life in some shape or form like I used to love to draw um, when I uh, look back at my grade seven like yearbook like I said I didn't have the vocabulary at the time for it I, I mm. said I wanted to be a cartoonist but what I really wanted to be was an animator um so I grew up in in the 90s so that Disney Renaissance uh, of movies and and uh, television shows. Yeah, can we name check some of your favorites? Like Aladdin, Aladdin, and Lion King are up there for sure. Aladdin and Lion King. I mean, I, Aladdin's an interesting one for brown girls because on one hand you're like, wow, we finally have like you know this uh, brown Disney princess, you know. And on the other hand, she's like living in like a made up kingdom, you know, um, she, you know, she's uh, she has like this impossibly small waist and stuff. So but I remember at the time that sense of. I don't know, it's it was a lot more like almost uh, like there I am. But as you say, I didn't have the vocabulary, but I'm like, OK, well, that's like that's kind of like me. That's kind of like me. Yeah. Like and, and it's so weird because like. I never, it's so odd because I was just saying like I'm third generation Canadian. I grew up in Kelowna um, to uh, Indian immigrant parents. So in my upbringing, like I never, and yeah, it was weird. Like I never really felt like I saw something was like, oh, like I wish like I, like I'm represented here. And I think it, it as, you know, we grow as a, as a people and as times change and you kind of realize like, oh, like that's, oh, that would have been nice growing up. Or it's fucked up. It's fucked up that we're that we're not represented. Like I just like a like I took it as you know as like well that's just the that's the way things are. You know every show is just white people. You know and that's just that's just the way it is. Yeah. No. Exactly. And I was like okay. And and with Aladdin, like I know in itself there's a lot of controversies with that because it just feels like maybe like a hodgepodge of like all the brown things. But at the time, like you know, like I, I actually naturally gravitated more toward Aladdin because, you know, he was going on the adventures. Yeah. You know, for the longest time I had really short hair as a kid. So I never really saw myself as like the typical, um, you know, the princess like that never, I wanted to be like the hero and the adventurer. So I always gravitated toward, toward him and his personality. Yeah. So, yeah. And so I wanted to be an animator. And then like, I, you know, I was, uh, I took up clarinet when I was, um, you know, elementary school band. And then I progressed into drumming. So um, I've been, you know, drumming longer than I've been uh, been acting. We have that in common as well. Not the drumming, but the clarinet. Um, and I never got really good at it. I think part of it was because also I, all through high school, especially, I wore 
a lot of lipstick and then I never took it off before band practice. So I always got like a, my read was always like a hot mess. Um, and also like, I, I was like, just the, I was the squeakiest, you know, I was like the, I was like the last clarinet, but I had a lot of spirit. Um, counts. Absolutely. But like, but so, you know, as you were, you know, uh, those when you're saying I want to be an animator like were you actually did you take steps to become an animator or were were you like like as you were planning you know what you're going to do after high school you know what were what were the things that were in your mind as you set about making your plan and taking action yeah I mean I I took like I remember like I used to get like these books that um you know step by step like how to draw like I think from like Michaels and stuff like that um you know whatever I saw on tv or like pictures I would like print off off the computer like I would just like draw them out and stuff uh but then I never really took like active steps to become it and then in high school um you know you just kind of go through the flow of everything right you're still trying to figure stuff out at that age you know what I wanted to be or where I wanted to go um you know like I loved uh you know history and ancient history um I actually wanted to be an archaeologist at uh at one point and then I switched my major and I became um into psychology because I just liked you know um understanding like what makes people do what they do and what makes people tick I got heavily into like in high school I got heavily into like CSI <laughs> and just being in, in in forensics and just like all that interesting stuff I just kind of I was very fortunate I was allowed to kind of explore all these different avenues and just kind of feel out what kind of was the right for me you know what i'm noticing too by by you know um ancient ancient civilizations and psychology and csi it seems like you were the kind of kid who is always asking why like why are things the way they are you know because one is like you know to understand like the past you know one is to understand how people think and the other one is like what the hell happened here and why did it happen you know like good observation (laughs) so how did we get here then like how did we how did we get to the point where you are a leo and ubcp award nominee you know and with this incredible range of roles and freaking out my cat you know like because it's it's you know from what you're saying like it's it seems like it's quite a quite a jump yeah, no, when, when I was taking, um, so that SFU and I was uh, working on my degree there, I, I don't know, just something kind of like hit me and I'm like, let me try something, like, let me do something different. Like, I always loved animation and growing up, like, and I'm sure you've done this with, with your, your kid as well. Like, you'll see movies when you're a kid and then like you, you fall in love with them, you fall in love with the characters, the antics. And then as you get older, you might dust off, I mean, for me, it was the VHS then you appreciate it as like an, an older person because you still find the humor funny, but then you see all the, the references. So going back to Aladdin, like the genie was hilarious, but then growing up and now knowing who Robin Williams was referencing, mm. see a lot of the behind the scenes of his, um, you know, what he, his brain was coming up with uh, was fascinating to me. I was like, well, let me, it was so weird. It's like, let me, let me try like this voice acting thing. And I took part-time classes at, um, at Vancouver Acting School. And Adrian, who uh, I know you you love and adore, Adrian Petru. You- no, he's an absolute jerk. No, Adrian Petru. Yeah, no, he's he's my he's my mimoloche brat. He's my little brother in this Ukrainian work. Yeah. So I'm sorry. So Adrian Petru is part of your origin story. Yes, he was my first, like, not even my first voiceover teacher. My first acting teacher. Whoa. Okay. So. Yeah. Spill the beans. I want to hear what was he like? What's he, what was he like as a teacher? What did he do for you? He just kept going on about Iron Man like all the time. I was like, I get it. No, <laughs> yep, yep, yeah. You were the voice of Iron Man. Oh my God. But- Never shuts up about it even now. <laughs> what would you like if I was a Marvel superhero? I think I'd be like, yeah, I'd name drop that all the time. I mean, frankly, Tony Stark was, you know, the superhero who was like, I'm Iron Man. I'm Iron Man. So, you know, be, besides being educated about Adrian Petru's alter ego, you know, what what else, like, what did you find in your work with him? He was very, it was really interesting because there's a lot of people that like, um, you know, maybe their teaching style is more like, we'll focus just on like voice acting, but he also brought in the acting aspect because he's mm. also a, a, you know, a television and screen actor. And yeah, like I just learned so much from him. Like I got my my very first demo 
um, you know, I got cut with, um, you know, working with him. So when you made that demo then and you're doing those classes and you're exploring the world of voiceover, were you like, I think I'm going to try this for a career? Yeah, it was like, I've always just had this sense of, you know, I don't know, like, I guess like a belief in myself where mm. like, if I try something, I'm just like, you know what, like, what's the worst that's going to happen? Maybe fail at it, but I think the worst thing would be not going for it. So I'm just like, okay, that's fine. Like, I'm still like, you know, I still finished my degree and everything. And while I was kind of doing both at the same time. And then, you know, when I got my, you know, pitched my demo to people, got an agent, like all this stuff started rolling. I'm like, well, let's just keep going with this and see and see what happens. Why stop the momentum? And that that ball, you know, is still is still rolling. <laughs> yeah, it's still going. And I sometimes I kind of pinch myself, thinking like, man, like I started, like I would say, like I would started doing this seriously like ten years ago, like taking classes, and yeah, you know, like I'm here and just like still just being like nominated for a Leo, being nominated for a UBCP award uh, twice for uh for you know brown characters like it's just it's crazy no forethought that this would be where i am uh right now so it's been a it's been a wild (laughs) wild it's been wild and it will continue to be so it's a good lesson too in in like listening to your gut tell me about your relationship to your heritage specifically as it pertains to the entertainment industry and what impact do you think it's had on your career yeah it's that that's a really interesting one because it's one that I, I often do think about quite a bit um I know when I first started and that's not to say like I was like you know colorblind and, and all that kind of stuff right like yeah like I you know I'm close, I would say somewhat close to my heritage right like mm. I know my great-great-grandfather who was a freedom fighter in India um at the time Right. And, um, you know, like our origin story that way. And I've always been very proud of where I come from. But at the same time, like when I grew up, like my mom wasn't making um, Indian food at home mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Like, um, you know, well, I, I hate to use the word, but like a typical Canadian family, like we didn't really have that. It wasn't much until we were maybe in high school that we started to be like, oh, like, let's check out some Bollywood movies or like mm. kind of get into like more of the culture, um, the culture and, and the, the food and everything. Um, and then, yeah. And so when I first started, I never kind of thought being like, okay, I'm this, you know, brown voice actress and I need to try to make a name for myself. For me, I'm just like, well, I want to voice everybody and everything. You know, I want to go out for every single role, regardless of, um, you know, color, like all this kind of stuff. Cause yeah. what I saw growing up was, all these people, all these voice actors who I admire, like playing a plethora of people, monsters and creatures and all that kind of stuff. And that's what I wanted too. When we've been talking about like, you know, diversity and everything, um, as more shows started to pop up where they're like, okay, like um, with uh, super monsters and they wanted the kid to be um, of, of South Asian descent. I'm like, oh, that's really cool. Okay, like this is this is really, this is really neat. And it's something that like, I didn't realize it was going to have such a big impact on me, but mm. when I saw it, I'm like, oh, that's, huh, like that, that, that's really cool to see. And yeah. having a show like, like Deepa and the Noop, like where, you know, the, the main cast is mostly uh, South Asian actors, which, and they're fantastic, right? Like Bobbin's amazing. Like Adam is just killing it. Um, and, you know, Anna Sani, she has like an amazing, um, you know, uh, IMDB and, and, and roster herself. And of course, uh, Vina Sood. So, yeah, and it was just like seeing these things like actually come to fruition and, and, and being able to be a part of it in some shape or form. It's like, oh, this is really cool. And I think that's been kind of changing and evolving as this conversation has kind of been, uh, you know, changing and evolving. Yeah, very interesting. Um, you know what I find? I, I don't think that I was really aware of my otherness until I walked out the door, you know, into kindergarten and then other kids were trying to figure out where to like slot me, you know, and especially like my, cause you know, Furminger is my married name. You know, I'm actually Sabrina Ranimera. Like I, it's, it was, you know, people like see the name or they're trying to fit and I'm in, would be in spaces that, you know, I had like, you know, people, like I said, not been in before, you know, so even if it wasn't how, like I saw myself different, like how other people were treating me impacted how I 
felt about myself, if that makes any sense. But there was one time when I was in elementary school and I'm like, you know, chilling on the swings. And then like a bunch of these like brown girls, they just like came at me. And like one was like, are you Punjabi? And I'm like, I don't, I don't know what that is. <laughs> Walked away or something like that. And I came back and then the thing after my mom picked me up. It's like, mom, like, am I Punjabi? And she's like, yeah, like, why is this like coming? I'm like, I don't know. Like someone just asked me and she's like, oh, God. like you don't, you don't know. <laughs> Like, you know, like anything about your heritage and stuff like that. But like, I was never felt like, and again, I can't control what people say behind my back. Mm-hmm. Right? Like you can talk crap behind my back all you want. Right. But um, I, ne- as a kid growing up and this is just me, I never felt different because of my skin color or anything. Yeah. Someone didn't want, if someone like, you know, didn't have a good vibe or whatever. Like I just didn't hang out with them. I just didn't really bother to put myself out to, to those people. You were a cool kid, weren't you? You're like chilling on the swing, not bothered. Like I, I honestly, I'll, I'll have what she's having. Like, I love that vibe, you know? I just did my own thing. It was weird. Yeah. Like I was kind of mature that way where like, I didn't care to impress people. Like you either like me or you don't like (laughs) You know what I mean? And if you don't, then cool. We don't like, that's fine. Just you stay over there. Like I'm going to go spend most of my time at uh, recess on the swings and, and hang out with the people that, uh, you know, want to hang out with me. Yeah. So I, and I, maybe it's just where I kind of grew up or just, um, but yeah, I never really felt like, Ooh, like she's brown, like Shanna away or like all that kind of stuff. But again, I know that's not what other people have experienced growing up. Yeah. And because there are people who have that experience why I think a, a cartoon like, you know, Deepa and the Noop is so important. In some ways, it can be a mirror for some people. But then there's, it's also like for kids who aren't from that culture, you know, and then they're like, wow, that's so cool. And now I have, you know, I'm watching like, you know, this this kid and their elephant and their, you know, like awesome family, you know, like that's awesome. Right. So it's entertainment has a role to play. Yeah. And it gives familiarity. That's the thing. It's like we, you know, as humans, we like things that are familiar. We don't like things that are unknown. Yeah. Things that are unknown, we either uh, avoid it. We either get angry at it um, and we try to, you know, push it away. But when we have shows like uh, Deep Ben and Ubin, like in animation, a lot of people kind of see animation as like, oh, it's just for kids. But uh, you know, it's for everyone. Uh, tell anybody that's been watching, uh, any parents that have been watching Bluey. <laughs> but um, it, still, though, animation helps in the formative years. Mm. Right? Like, we're, that's what we're, okay, like, let's put this on TV. So while I'm making dinner, like, you know, the little ones can can watch something or whatever. But that's what's informing them yeah. at a young age. So that's why things like, you know, talking about culture, talking about you know, how families, I, I don't like using the word, you know, different, but are of like of various combinations. Yeah. Teaching them at a young age that like, hey, like, sure, someone's going to have um, two moms or two dads or like a mix or, or however that works. And they're going to get it. Like they just, they're smart. We, we don't give kids a lot of credit. We really don't. You're absolutely right. They can smell bullshit a mile away. Like, you know, oh, yeah. <laughs> tells me I'm funny. Like that is the highest compliment like anyone can ever give me. Yeah. I don't know if a, if, a, if an adult is like, oh, you're funny. It's like, oh, or do you mean that? Or are you just kind of like being nice? But if a kid generally says like, you're funny, I'm just like, okay, take that to the vent. Like, <laughs> I should have put that. You should put that on your website. Kids tell me I'm funny. <laughs> Selling point. <laughs> okay. So bring us into your first time as a professional voice actor in a voice booth, what do you remember about it? What did you learn? What mistakes did you make? This was this is a wild story. Um, so shortly after getting my demo, I, I back then I put them on CDs. Like, you know, I was trying to like look at different uh, forms and stuff, and and just to kind of figure out like, okay, like how do how do I do this thing? Like, I'm the first person in my family. Like, there's no one that's an actor in my family. Mm. You know, it's really cool. I, I do have a nephew now that's, um, you know, he's been auditioning for stuff and in, in, in the business that way. And it, so, I, but for me, this was the first time, like, anybody kind of knew of, of someone doing something like this. Mm-hmm. So a lot of it was trial and error. And so I was like, kind of going to studios and I'm like, hey, like, I'm a new actor. Like, here's my demo. A lot of them very polite. 
And a lot of them kind of came back to me saying, well, hey, like, you know, in this town, like we go through agents. So maybe once you get an agent, um, you know, get back to me. And when I went to shoot, there was a studio that did reboot. Either way, I, I met um, someone named uh, Nira Gard, who was um, like a casting uh, person. And uh, I gave her my demo, you know, she was super, super nice. And we kind of like remained in contact and stuff. And she was someone that kind of gave me my, my, my first shot. Uh, so I was in Hawaii and I had like a, um, you know, I brought my gear with me, like just in case, because as, you know, voice actors, we bring our stuff everywhere. At the time I, I wasn't represented. I didn't have an agent. And um, I get an email from um, someone saying like, hey, like Mira sent over your audition and we really want you to audition for this show. And uh, it records like at such and such a day and all this kind of stuff. I'm like, oh, well, like I'm in Hawaii and that date I'm like one day away from from coming home, right? And I'm like, okay, well, I'll let me audition for it and I'll just see what happens. Worst comes to worst, like, hey, they hear me, maybe they like me and maybe we'll do something else down the road. I don't know. Right. So while my family was chilling, uh, you know, enjoying the island, I was in my hotel room, probably scaring uh, everybody that shared a wall with us, <laughs> doing all like just banging out all these all these characters. And I sent it in. And sure enough, I, I booked uh, one of the roles for it. So I was talking back and forth being like, hey, so, um, you know, this is where I am right now on my trip. Like, is it a way we can kind of push it like one more day? They're like, no, we want the whole cast together. Yeah. And I was like, okay. And my mom's like, no, like you, you should, you should do it. So it was really nice. So her and I, we went back together and my, my dad and my brother, they finished uh, the trip up and stuff. And um, yeah. And so that was just such a whirlwind of a, of a first uh, booking and so much fun. Cindy Akers was the uh, director and she's done, um, she's worked on a lot of different projects, I think Canadian and, and in the U S and it was just such a, surreal experience like just kind of walking in and just how many people were in the room I think it was five of us okay good size because it was, it was one of those shows they never got picked up unfortunately it was just for the pilot mm-hmm. and it was one of those shows where it's like you know five kids like uh like saving the world kind of thing so I think there might have been yeah I mean I think maybe six of us um yeah I'm just trying to think yeah I think it was about like six of us and it was just really, really cool. It was such a fun experience. Yeah. Um, and like inside, I was like so nervous, but I think everything that, you know, Adrian taught me and then what I've kind of taught myself um, kind of really like helped me. Yeah. And, uh, I think afterwards, it was like, no, like it was like, this was your first time. And I'm like, yeah, they're like, okay, that's like, you know, not, not too bad. Like, <laughs> I'm like, okay, good. <laughs> You'll take it. Yeah. Uh, practice and then uh, your training pay, you know, paid off. Uh, yeah that was a wild uh wild story <laughs> yeah I didn't know you were going to take us to Hawaii Brian and I are both very impressed you know I know that because that COVID has really I mean it, it it has impacted uh the voice segment of the industry especially um I know that uh it's a lot of people from Adrian to Nicole Oliver to Brian you know to yourself have like really like awesome you know now home voice booths and stuff i you know but i i i mean the way that you described us now like everybody in a room together you know uh, like vibing as as the youth say um you know and performing together you know like that that uh can, can you talk a little bit to what happens you know when people are in a room together you know versus recording separately yeah i mean i think both have because i've done i've done both i know brian mentioned he did he's does a lot of dubbing um i've done a, a little bit of it here and there but um well yeah when you're in a room what's nice is that especially if there's any jokes or things like any back and forth um you know when you're doing a prep at home you can kind of maybe get an idea of what the other person might yeah. do but it's great because when you're in the room and you can see their reaction like it can change how you digest it, mm. what you're going to respond to. So that was something I always thought was neat is just, you know, you do your prep and da, 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 da. And then when you're actually there and you see how they thought about the joke or, or um, the scene and you're like, Oh, I didn't think about it like that way. Okay. Let me, I, I see what you're throwing down. Like um, this is what I'm going to come at. And it's just a, it's such a fun way, a thing to, to learn. 
in in shows like in Gigantosaurus, like I may have only had like a couple lines in an episode, but I would sit and I would just watch mm. do their thing. So there's like a learning experience there too that I think a lot of people now unfortunately aren't getting the the benefit of. Yeah. I know that some I think some productions are moving back to having like a full, maybe not a full cast, but like a partial cast. Because you do learn a lot. You learn about like, you know, someone else's process. You might even, that's a really cool voice. Like I want to try imitating that and seeing what they do. Uh, And then when you're in there by yourself, like, yeah, you kind of go through things pretty quickly. Like we, I was really fortunate. Gigantosaurus uh, was still going on during the pandemic. Uh, It was a longer day for the engineers and for uh, James, uh, the Corvo, the director, for sure. Mm -hmm. But um, like I would go in and I'd be done in like 10 minutes or something. And I'd already bang out like a couple episodes. It was such a weird feeling. And so it might be like, sure, that's efficient for me. But then I, you miss out on all the social time and, and connecting with the you know fellow actors and kind of seeing like how everything's going and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Hanging out on your website, uh, hang, looking at the IMDb, and I know the IMDb is not the most accurate thing in the world. Um, it it has its flaws, but I really did notice kind of the um, the the depth and the breadth of characters, you know, that you play, like everything from you know a, a prehistoric rodent to you know a, a nanny, you know. So I just um, like for you, like what what would you say, you know, is is an Asia Matu role? Like what, what is like your, what's the thread that goes through these characters or what needs to be present, you know, in a character to get you really, really psyched? I, I'm always a sucker for really good writing. Mm. Sometimes like when I look at a script and I can just see like who this person is instantly, um, that excites me because then I feel like, oh, okay, like I'm, I'm very clear what's happening here. Um, if anything's funny, like I'm, I'm a, you know, sucker for a good joke or, or good comedy beats. So if I can find that in there as well, like I know exactly how this is supposed to go. Like it just kind of gets me super excited. Yeah. It just kind of goes back to like when I started, it's like I wanted to, like, I grew up watching people who have had a plethora of characters. Like I just didn't want to, you know, uh, and again, it's no shade to anybody that maybe played like a certain uh, type of character or gets typecast or whatever, because there's there's a benefit in that too. But for me, I'm just like, I want to just reach reach for the stars, take big swings and like, and see where I land. Like, I definitely want to do like some type of hero role or something at, at um, some point. Yeah. Do other character stuff. It, it allows me to kind of uh, play a little more and lean in. Like Rugo um, in Gigantosaurus was very much a... You know, she's like that comedy uh, character mm-hmm. in a show that not only makes kids laugh, but also makes adults laugh. And it was so funny mm-hmm. because before getting cast in that, like, I remember saying to somebody, it's like, I want to, like, no one, no one can ever touch the genie in Aladdin. But like, I wanted to have a role that is very much a comedic character in that sense that would make people laugh across the board. And all of a sudden like boom like <laughs> this audition game and 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 I booked it and I'm like wow like this is so this is like so much fun I know that that it's hard to pick favorites and it's kind of an unfair question but it's my show I'm gonna ask you yeah. maybe say like two characters that are that are among your you know when you think about uh the characters that really spark joy you know give, give me a couple of characters who are your favorites Oh, man, yeah, it, it's tough because it's like each and every one of these, like, I would say like I have like a top, yeah, yeah, how about like a top five because each one kind of re- represents like a certain milestone and stuff for me. I mean, uh, Paranani has to be up there for sure. Mm. Um, getting to play her was just such a fun thing because when I auditioned for, when I auditioned for the show originally, I got called back for the mom and I got called back for the nani and uh, which was such a cool thing because I I think I may have been one of either one of the few actors or I could have been the only one that I had a callback for, for both. Mm. Um, and then of course, um, you know, Anna's amazing. Dina's amazing. But I was like, I really wanted to be on the show in some uh, capacity. Right. So it's like, yeah. hopefully, hopefully they remember me. And they did because they're, they sent something off to me and they're like, Hey, like, you know, um, this role is, is for an older woman because she's the great grandmother. Yeah. Like, you know, can we get Asia uh, to um, audition for this? And and I ended up booking her. 
So it was really cool because they, they remembered what I did in the room and I might not have booked um, Nani, but they remembered me and they wanted me to try out for another character. So that's another yeah. starting out. It's like, sure, you may audition and you might not like, I think uh, remember Brian's interview, he said it took about like four years for him to, to book um, a role when he, when he first started, he's just laying the groundwork, right? Like you might not get that role that you were desperately wanting, right? You might not get that Tony Stark role, but you know, they'll remember you if you put yeah. in the work and if they're like, oh, that's a really cool character. Like we'll keep that in the back of our mind and maybe something else will pop up and we'll bring that person back in. I was just so fortunate because it was just so much, um, it was just really fun to play. And again, in a culture that like represents, uh, you know, that represents me to some degree. It was just really neat to kind of be a part of that family and, uh, you know, just kind of play in that role. It was really fun. Yeah. And she's up there for sure. Um, yeah, gosh, and the rest of the stuff. Cause like Rugo, like Rugo is like my first uh, recurring character on a show. And, and she's just like, I love her. I think personality wise, it's very much, I think me, but like a little bit overblown. Like we both like eating. At one point she was drumming. And I kind of asked, uh, and, and Nira worked on um, on that show as well. And I asked him, like, hey, like, do they know I'm a drummer? Because sometimes I post things and, and, and stuff. And they're like, no. I'm like, okay, because this is really weird that she's, like, you know, she's drumming on this prehistorical drum set. Yeah. Um, and, and she just has this way about her where she's, like, she's, you know, the only mammal in this dinosaur world, right? But she doesn't really let that phase her. Like she still pushes her weight around, you know, she still like she has to compete with these guys for, uh, you know, resources and all that kind of stuff. Right. So I, I that's something I naturally kind of gravitated toward where she's like this itty bitty thing, but like it's just a big personality. Yeah, she has less chill than you described yourself having as yeah. a kid. Right. Yeah. A lot less chill. Let's talk about AI. Let's talk about the AI in the room. Let's do it. Because I've seen you on social media, you are, you have spoken out a lot about what's going on. Um, tell me about the concerns that you have around AI and in what ways are you seeing its presence in your work at this point? Yeah, like it's concerning because in a world now where before we used to say like a picture's worth a thousand words, Right. You know, like if this is this is evidence of something, but now it's like almost like we can't trust what we see, what we hear, because we don't know where things are filtering from. And it's yeah. kind of a, a scary time, really. Like anytime I have a conversation about anything that's happening in the world, like I always have to preface, I'm not a hundred percent sure because I saw this here. So it could be fake. Like I, I hate having that disclaimer yeah. every single time that I talk, right? I don't know if I can trust what I'm seeing or what I'm hearing whose agenda is this and da, 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 da. and with AI it's scary because like you know I'm, I'm sure has as some of my voiceover colleagues have mentioned they could take stuff from you know there's lots of episodes of Gigantosaurus or mm. wherever they could take things and then they could put a character to say like go on a like a racist tirade or something like that yeah and then you know that could come back and be like oh hey like why did you say this and I'll be like well I just have to trust that people around me know I'm not that type of a person, but because, you know, it's still not there yet. Like I've heard some AI stuff. There's a, a website. I can't remember what it's called now. I'm really I'm bad with names, but um, I did see some of our local Canadian uh, actors on there. They, yeah. Some of them were from like My Little Pony and for fun, I'm like, okay, let me just type something in and hear what it sounds like. Right. Like how good is this stuff? But it's not going to take long. Like we've seen leaps and bounds in technology yeah um, even from when i was a kid and having like you know you have to unplug your phone line so you could have the internet so it's good that we're talking about this now because it's not going to take long for you know people to kind of take snippets of voices or mm -hmm. even like you audition for one job and if you don't look at the contract carefully it can be used for something else um i believe this woman was a canadian voice actress but you know on tiktok as the kids on the on the kitty talks and whatnot, um, you know how when you type in something and it says, oh, "Oh, like my, you know, you know when this is this," or like they have like a voiceover of something. So I believe she auditioned for or did a job where, from her understanding, it was going to be like I guess to help people learn English, right? 
And then this company, I guess, uh, it was like a, a foreign company uh, that she was working for, or working with, um, took that. And then that became like that, that TikTok voice. That was the original TikTok voice. Yeah. And then when she was like, obviously, as people are using this as, as their filters or whatever. And then she's like, wait a second, that kind of that sounds like me. Like, that's really weird. Right. And I don't know if she um, I can't remember now if she's been compensated for that or she sued or um, there was some legal action. I can't remember what the um, the conclusion was. To that. Yeah. But then that's why now it, it's changed. Like now there's like different like there's like an older voice or something like that. They, they've changed it because of that. So, you know. For actors, especially if you're not in the union, like, you know, you, you need to do your due diligence. You need to get stuff in writing and look over your, your contracts um, so you're not getting taken advantage of. And then for those that are represented or in a union, like, yeah, we got to start like having um, stuff in there. Like a, there mm. is a rider, I think it's the NV, NAVA um, rider that mm. kind of stipulates saying like, yeah, you can't use like other than for this particular project, you can't use my voice and alter it in any um, shape or form elsewhere for anything else. Oh, that's chilling though. It's scary. It is, it is scary. People will take advantage of people if, you know, they'll find loopholes, right? So yeah. we find those loopholes and just like tighten the knot to make sure that, yeah, you can't, you know, you can't skate in there. But people will try to take advantage of people to get things for cheaper. It's just, it's just the way, hey, we look back at history. It's just the way things have, you know, I don't want to say things have been. Things can change and I hope things will change. You know, there's there's always something. There's always something that someone wants to innovate and do. And then it causes all these other issues or brings other things to light. It is, <laughs> it is scary. It's bone chilling scary. Okay, let's let's do let's do some happy time travel then. Let's get away. Let's go back in time. Get away from from the horror of this current moment. What do you think if if we go back in time and meet you when you are, you know, watching Aladdin and Lion King, uh, and you're like, hey. This is what you end up doing when you grow up. You are the person in the voice booth who's giving life to these characters. What do you think that version of you would think of the life that you have built for yourself? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know if she would fully understand it. Like, it, it, I think it, it's just to, to wrap your head around it. Um, yeah, like I, I think um, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know how how she would really comprehend it. Yeah, because uh, yeah, it, it's just crazy. It's, it's something that we never thought of being a job. Mm. Like, you know, we've been inundated with like radio commercials and, and commercials on TV and stuff for a long time. And I knew like being an actor was a job, like a screen actor. But then, you know, I never really thought about the the voices and stuff like that. Yeah, just watching behind the scenes stuff like Disney having Robin Williams as a genie was around the first time they used like a, a list celebrity in their, um, you know, in their productions and that kind of cascaded a whole thing of now having a list celebrities in animated feature films. Like really started with Robin Williams. Can I just say though, I'm not a fan of the A-list actors voicing uh, uh, characters in animated films. Robin Williams was an incredible performer and improviser. And like, it was almost like he, but not everybody's Robin Williams. And I get really annoyed, you know, when I, when I go to a film that I will be like, cause you know, I'm, I'm a parent. I have got to take my kid to the films, to, to the cinema, um, you know, to watch an animated movie. And I'm like, wow, it's beautiful animation, but because they've just hired, you know, a list celebrity to voice this character, like the, this person does not know how to b breathe life into this character. Like I, I consider it's like really bad stunt casting personally. No, I, and I, I agree. So like with, it's actually a really interesting story with this one. So the genie, Eric Goldberg, who was the lead animator um, for um, the genie and, and working on Aladdin at the time, he actually animated genie to a stand up. Um, I don't know if it was like a CD or something of Robin Williams. Whoa! And that's how they pitched it to him, I think. And uh, to kind of show like, hey, this is what we want to do. And Robin Williams at the time, he 
saw he he saw what would happen because he was a fan of animation and uh he's like yeah this would be really cool like he has uh, young kids and stuff at the time and i think he stipulated to disney that if they were going to do this if he was going to be in the movie he like so on a poster he's like i don't want to take up more like i like i want to take up a small a bit of that poster like, mm. I, there shouldn't be a lot of genie merch like he didn't want to be the reason why this movie like was a big hit he wanted it to wow sell. and that's why um and then disney kind of ignored that and they had him i think <laughs> if you see some of the posters he's like this really big figure compared to everybody else or they're, they're a lot smaller and they're like you know just selling like uh genie merch and all that kind of stuff and that's why when they did the um you know, he wasn't in Return of Jafar and he was not in the Aladdin, the, uh, the animated series because he refused to come back um, to voice the role because they kind of overstepped and they didn't respect his wishes of, you know, not wanting to push him as like, hey, this is the Robin Williams like movie. He's a genie in this thing, da 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 da, da right? Because mm. um, he saw like, you know, it's like, yeah, like once this is a thing and it becomes really popular and again, he's like on a different, he was on a different, level in general this is going to snowball into something and then yeah now you get like a list celebrities who might be fantastic on screen but yeah if they just walk in like i hate it when they're just like i can just be myself and i'm like but that's all you are like (laughs) (laughs) you're just you're just talking yeah still be yourself you can still use everyone i i I told the the students and stuff that i teach and everything like you can use your own voice no problem they can but you can change it depending on like are you the hero are you the villain are you the sidekick like what are your wants and all that kind of stuff Mm. they're just kind of going with the mindset like i'm just gonna talk into a microphone and just it it falls fly and people hear it you can tell when there's an actor that's really good at what they're doing and know what they're doing and you can tell when like they're like yeah yeah it's like wah wah so getting back in the delorean for this our final question today if you could go back in time to the beginning of your career in this industry, what advice would you give yourself? I don't know. Just like, just keep believing. Like I, I just, you know what I mean? Like, and, and there's still stuff in the road. There's going to be their ups and downs. Like I've had ups and downs in my career and just like any actor, um, you know, I, I think rarely any actor would ever say like, Oh yeah, it's been like amazing all the way. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you're going to have your ups and downs and they'll come in, in different shapes and forms, but just kind of keep weathering the storm and keep pushing ahead. Um, you know, I don't regret anything. I kind of live in a life where I, you know, I can learn from the past mistakes, but at the same time, like I don't live in regret. I just keep mm-hmm. looking forward and I just keep looking forward. Um, and so, yeah, just kind of maybe saying, like, yeah, keep going. Cause <laughs> There's a lot of there's a lot of good stuff coming around the corner, and um, yeah, there's no way I would have ever predicted you know, this for myself. It's such it's, it's such a cool thing. I can't I, even now, like I can't. Um, I'm even having a hard time putting it into words. Like it, it's such a weird thing just to be like, oh yeah, like I'm an award nominated voice actor. Like that, yeah. that's such a weird thing. Like I just did it because it's something I've always wanted to do, and hmm. I just want to have fun. Uh, you know, I never really did stuff like that for like the recognition. Mm. And so now, and, and now it's for a character that again is, you know, both were for characters that were of, of South Asian descent uh, is, is really cool. And so that's not lost on me uh, whatsoever. It is really cool. And honestly, if Vanessa could speak and I could talk to her, I'm sure she would say that it's really cool too. I hope I didn't insult your cat. That was the worst thing. Could you imagine? It's, like- it's possible. Oh, this has been so much fun, Asia. Asia Matu, where can our fan find it? There we go. Blah, blah, blah. Where can our fans find you, follow you, celebrate you on social media? Not in real life. That's yeah. weird. Um. Yeah, on social media. So I'm on Instagram quite a bit. So you can find me at uh, Asia Matu, A-S-I-A. M-A-T-T-U. I'm also on Twitter or X or whatever the heck we're calling it. Yeah. I repost some stuff, um, especially if they're causes and things that I, uh, you know, I, I want to try to amplify. Um, so you can find me there um, at A-Z-Matu. Um, 
but yeah, but, and then of course my website, um, asiamatthew.com. You can kind of catch up on things that I've been doing there. Too. Yeah. And if you visit Asia's website and you have pets, play the songs, yeah. document what happens, share that on social media, tag Asia. I'm curious. I, I did. I, I, was, I remember one time actually I was um, at my friend's place and they have a lab and I was thinking I was explaining to someone what I do and I think they used to say, oh, like, uh, do, do a dog. And, and they, you know, I barked and then the dog's like, huh? I'm like, <laughs> like what is this I'm like that's yeah, sorry so I'm, I'm lab approved and I, I guess I'm, I'm Vanessa approved which is hopefully approved I don't know what she feels I mean it's a, it's a, a labs Labrador retrievers the golden lab they are the friendliest dogs on the planet and cats are cats right so you know I don't know if Vanessa will ever be satisfied uh with with any kind of sound um so you know the, just the fact that I think that you impacted her touched her you know in that way like that's for a cat that's that's huge all right listeners thank you for being with us today this was a fun one eh uh and you did not get to see uh because we're an audio podcast not a visual one but uh both uh, asia and i are wearing retro sweatshirts i've got an indiana jones and the temple of doom sweatshirt and uh, asia has um uh dino from the flintstones from the flintstones and- from a place called uh retro kid which is done by eric bowser who's the voice of um bugs bunny and daffy duck and his childhood friend and they do a bunch of retro um uh like throwbacks like to Amazing. mr dress up so yeah i saw this and this reminded me of my time when i was little and i went to wonderland Wonderland was great during that time. (laughs) Okay. And uh, so listeners, uh, you can find us at YVRScreenScene.com. Follow us on Twitter and I call it Twitter, not X. Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and Mastodon, which I don't really use. I just kind of, and threads. I keep those there just in case like Twitter completely implodes. There are way too many, but I am at Sabrina and at YVRScreenScene. The Wavera Screen Scene Podcast is hosted and executive produced by me, Sabrina Rani Mera Furminger, and it's edited by Simon Furminger. Special thanks to Mariana Furminger for creating our Patreon ad and to Paul Furminger for technical support. And you know what today? Special shout out to Vanessa. Thanks for hanging with me while I was preparing for this episode. Wavera Screen Scene is a division of Fish Flight Entertainment. Join us next time for another deep dive into Vancouver's dynamic film and television scene. And cut! Hey filmmakers! Did you know that you can hire top quality, experienced, and professional actors for your films? If you're producing a student film for course credits, working on a web series, a short or a feature film, you can afford to have some of the best talent in the business in your production. How, you ask? Well, UBCP Actor has an ultra-low budget program, which offers a range of options that cover everything from student films to productions with a $300,000 budget. There is a ULB program that will meet your needs, regardless of your budget. To learn more, visit ubcpactor.ca and look for ultra-low budget programs or email ulbprogram at ubcpactra.ca. Now is the time to jumpstart your dream for the screen.